All right. What's going down, y'all? What's up, man? You know, just chilling. You looking Hi. shredded. Yeah, getting shredded again. Yeah. Uh, so this morning, I mean, this will be way too much information. Oh, yes. But uh, jumped on the scale. Yesterday was 170.8. Mm-hmm. Today, 171.6. Mm-hmm. Not upset. Just like, you know, like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, this was after my first dump. <laughs> Weighed myself, took a picture, start walking to get ready to go to the gym. Like, oh, nope, 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 nope. I got I to gotta run back. Mm-hmm. This is this is too much. <clears throat> Second wave hit. I mean, it was alarming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That was a lot. Yeah. Jump back on the scale, 170.4. Hmm. You had a lot of poop in you, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not <like> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was, no, we're recording that. Yeah, yeah. But we're not going live today. Yeah. I was uh, talking to some people uh, at the seminar, and then also just uh, <clears throat> online more recently with people that have lost uh, large amounts of weight, and then people that are trying to lose large amounts of weight. And this kind of same topic keeps coming up. People are asking about like keto snacks and. You know, what to do with, uh, you know, can I have keto snacks? Can I make these fat bombs? Can I have, you know, something like a perfect keto bar? Um, should I, you know, be counting my calories and all these different things? And and my thought process on the whole thing is, you know, take something like a Piedmontese steak, which first of all is super lean. So that helps a ton because then you're still not getting the, uh, you're not getting an overabundance of energy, but still tastes really good. Um it's just, I think, just go for it. I think figure out a way, because, like, you can't go, it, not that you can't do it, but it's very difficult uh, to go from uh, being 100 pounds heavier to 100 pounds less without the ultimate realization of, I'm just going to have to eat less food and I'm going to have to feel hungry. Mm. And you want to try to mitigate that the best that you can. And the way that you can neutralize that, your secret weapon can be protein. Yeah. And when you start to eat, um, you know, steaks like from certified Piedmontese or you start to have eggs, uh, you start to mix in other foods that, that are high in protein um, and that becomes very satiating. I had uh, a whole packet <laughs> of Piedmontese sliders the other day. I was like, oh, this is going to have like four or something because I knew I was going to eat a little bit later in the day too. And I just ate the whole thing, which I don't, it's like a pound and a half or something like that. It's a Sean Baker. It was, it was, uh, I just, it was so damn good. Yeah. But what happened was, you know, I had that at like maybe 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat again until I think it was like six, you know, I was, yeah. you know, totally satiated and, uh, I went to go eat with my son and I was, I just didn't eat, eat anything when, when he and I went to eat. He's like, you're not going to get anything. I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. And then we yeah. saw a movie and then, you know, I didn't get to eat again until afterwards, but that high protein, it works. It really does work. It helps a lot. Yeah. What's the deal with the, the sliders though? Why do they taste so amazing? I don't know. I think, I think they're putting some extra flavor in there. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're delicious. Yeah. So if you guys are catching this, uh, in the month of December of 2019, they're actually giving everybody 25% off. You don't have to use any special codes. Everybody. Uh, everybody. Yeah. But if you guys want to support the show, make sure you hit the uh, the link in our show notes or the YouTube description. Um, just head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. But if you're listening to this after the new year, use promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free shipping. Yeah. yeah. Natty Professor, you work with a lot of clients. Yeah. What, what do you, uh, how do you help talk someone off the ledge if they... Um, 
you know, want to have a lot of snacks and stuff? Do you kind of like just say, hey, man, like let it pass, like just eat up for a little while? Like what do you, what do you usually do with people? Uh, I usually have them get all their shit snacks out of the house yeah, and do. then substitute it with something else. So like either Quest bars or something within that realm that can still taste pretty damn good. Um, but again, they have to get everything out of the house <laughs> because it's too easy to go down to your pantry and just go to town. I do the same thing. Yeah. Quest cookies, Quest bars, um, Quest potato chips, those kinds of things. Like those are things that can replace your, your former like bad behavior. And if you think about it, like with other behaviors that you may have picked up over the last two couple years, um, maybe you've gotten in a habit of reading more books and maybe in the past, like reading a reading one book a year was hard. And now you're, you know, getting through a book a month, things that used to be hard and difficult will get easier and easier the more that you practice them. But you normally have to replace uh, a bad habit with something different. And in this case, um, your worst day might look like somebody else's best day because on your worst day, the worst thing that you might eat, uh, might be like a keto snack, might be like a, a quest pizza or, a, or a, um, quest cookie, something like that. They, they are processed. These are processed foods, uh, but they're here to help, uh, save, save us and to give us, uh, you know, to help, to help with our food cravings, but in a cleaner way. Yeah. And you're, you're going to quote cheat clean. You're not going to have any guilt. You're going to have an awesome, you know, quote dessert and uh, not feel terrible about it. So you guys need to head over to questnutrition.com at checkout, enter promo code Mark's quest for 20% off your entire order. And I've been on my own quest for like basically the last 10 years of losing a hundred pounds. And people ask me often, they're like, how, how long did it take? And they're, you know, the people that we're talking to today, like it didn't take them long to uh, shed off an enormous amount of weight. But for me, the the journey and the whole process was a 10-year process because of uh, how many different things I had to stop doing. And then when you, you bring in things like perfect keto bars or when you utilize their whey protein or utilize the MCT powder in coffee, it makes the whole process a lot easier mm-hmm. rather than like it's just all this huge switch out of nowhere. Okay, all right, Fat Mark, you're going to weigh uh, 330 and now we're going to get you down to 230 and you have to start – you know, you got to start implementing these 17 things in your life right now. And it's like, no, I, I didn't do it that way. It was all, you know, small steps and uh, things like perfect keto bars and those kind of snacks have helped me. And I know they're helping a lot of other people. Um, I've used a lot of different techniques and things and tricks uh, over the years. But having something in your coffee, having a little bit of fat in your coffee is something that uh, has helped me tremendously. I used it throughout the entire process, whether it was putting butter in coffee or MCT oil. Um, we didn't have perfect keto when I first uh, started a lot of the stuff, but I wish that we did because it does make the process easier. And I know it will help make the process easier for a lot of other people out there. Yeah. And it gets just like, it gives you something, especially the MCTs in the coffee, it gives you something to have other than drinking coffee and water all day if you're fasting. It makes it so much easier. So something to look forward to. Something to look forward to. Yeah, and I've been using the uh, still using the vanilla MCT oil powder when I'm fasting all day long. <laughs> it's not all day long, but it seems like it sometimes. Uh, getting a little thin on that, but yeah. Um, and they were actually uh, off. Well, they're offering. What's up? I thought you were going to say something. (laughs) They're actually offering Power Project listeners a a different promo code these days. Um, So you guys need to head over to Power or PerfectKeto.com slash Power Project at checkout. Enter promo code Power Project 10, which will give you $10 off any order of $40 or more. 
So before it was about 15% off. This is about 25% off. Oh. So a little bit more incentive to kind of get things going. I'm actually going to grab some of those MCs. Oh, that's right what it now. is. I'm like, what, what's going on? They got, uh, they got krill oil, which is um, basically like omega-3s. They have um, they they have uh, electrolyte uh, capsules, which I think are, are really beneficial for a lot of people that are on a carnivorous diet or on a keto diet because they tend to cramp up a bunch. And then Seema's mixing up some powder right now. We got them all hyped up about it. Yeah, the nootropic powder is really good. That's I mean, they have they they have a lot of options. Just go on the site. Mm-hmm. Just uh, go check it out for yourself, and you'll see they got a lot of great options on there. Yeah. So who do we got on today, Mark? Uh, you know, we have um, some people on the show today that have lost, I think, a combined uh, like around two hundred something pounds. Two fifty. Shit, two hundred and fifty pounds. That's a couple extra people's worth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, these are, these are people that pop up in my feed sometimes, you know, because of the hashtag war on carbs. That's a, that's a hashtag that I follow. And then I end up seeing a lot of our fans and a lot of the people that have been affected, uh, by us or by Paul Saladino or by Dr. Sean Baker mm-hmm. or just by, you know, someone like a Ken Berry. Um, you know, they've, they've been affected by this kind of like a low carb, community and what's cool is everyone's trying to help each other out so these people they um they posted up a um they posted up a family photo and i'm just continuously getting responses from people saying you don't know what it's like man because i'm from an italian family you don't know what it's like because uh you know we're hispanic bro and like we cook up a lot of uh fajitas or whatever the hell it is that that their excuse is right yeah and then other people are saying, I got a family to feed. You know, I got three or four kids. Like, I, I can't, you know, I can't go out and buy a uh, filet all the time and this and that. And so I saw this picture of these two people that uh, were young. Um, I'm not sure how to say the last name. Spath, I guess is the last name. Yeah. Uh, Laura and Chris Spath. I saw them post. I saw Laura post a picture and I was just really, really taken back by it. It was a family photo. And it was a before and after. And the after picture, um, the guy still looks like the guy. Like he'd lost a lot of weight. He had a tremendous transformation. Um, but man, the woman, she made just a, a miraculous uh, transformation. And I think also, too, because um, there, there's just a lot more that plays into it. I don't want to, like, you know, infer anything, but I, I think that possibly when she was heavier maybe she didn't feel as good about herself so Mm. she wasn't as like quote unquote dolled up and uh in picture number two it's quite obvious that not only does she look a lot better um but she probably also feels that she looks better which that's huge right how you feel inward is this huge so when i saw that it really shocked me and i was like wow this is some crazy uh transformation so uh, then I just I wrote on their post and said this is amazing like you guys that that's fantastic and these are people that are doing it with a family these mm-hmm. are people that are that I don't know like they're not in the fitness industry um, they're not uh, blessed like some people uh, <laughs> to not have a job and to you know make things miraculously work uh, like some like some people make it appear right but they they these are two hardworking people that have children that are figuring out a way to make it work in their lifestyle or making it work uh, with whatever their uh, their budget is. So I'm super pumped to talk to, to them today because I think you guys, the listeners, I think you have a lot more to say than you think. 
And as funny as it is coming from us to tell you this, you guys have more important shit to say than we do because it's it's a weird thing to say, but like we're already coming out the other end, you know? We're already we're already like kind of we 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 traveled up the hill for a long time and uh you know we we got up there not not like we're great or anything like that but we have worked very hard to get to certain spots and certain positions um and so we kind of sometimes forget about those little steps along the way and then has never had to work for anything in his life so he doesn't know anything about hard work or dedication he just came out the womb jacked and tan and ready to go yeah and so you're going to just not want to listen to basically anything that he says. <laughs> but, but for some people, like Andrew and I, yeah. we've had to work for it. Here they are. Hey. What's going on, guys? Hopefully they can hear us. Can you guys hear Hello? us? Hello. Yes, we can. Yep, we cool. can hear you. Fix the microphone here. One second. Sorry. Sure thing. <laughs> okay, cool. I think we can hear you now. Awesome. Uh, really excited to dive into some of this for today. So just knowing a little bit of your history and uh, understanding, you know, uh, where your nutrition used to be and then understanding that you guys uh, got into some keto style dieting and then now you're on a, uh, a more carnivorous diet. I think the first thing to kind of get to is how were you guys able to and if you still have, how were you able to stop some of the bad habits and bad behaviors um, of your previous nutrition? Because I think you guys lost a combined weight of like 250 pounds or something like that, right? Yeah, I think um, it's it's hard to break those habits. And I think we still deal with that some. And the fact that we're doing it together is maybe what makes it a little more possible for us to stay strict. Um, we definitely don't have cheat days anymore. And I think realizing that we can't have even a cheat day is almost what made it easier. Okay. Let's hone um, in on that for a second. Uh, what's, yeah. what's the reason for that? Cause for some people listening, they're like, that doesn't even sound logical. How am I going to go without a cheat day? Um, I think that we realized that it's almost like a drug and we're addicted and an alcoholic can't have a drink on the weekend or even a drink once a month. It need, they need to abstain completely. So, um, if we were to eat, like we're not the type of people that could have pizza and ice cream on a Friday night and then wake up Saturday and go to the gym and get back on track again, I'm going to wait until Monday and then I'm going to keep eating bad again until some other reason that I'm going to start. So, we just knew that it's it sounds so restrictive to never have any cheat days ever, but it, it almost makes it, it, it does make it exponentially easier. Would you say that you, uh, you have like a quote unquote cheat day nowadays because maybe you go and uh, create like a keto meal or you do something a little different that you saw a recipe for and it's maybe not exactly uh, just steak and water. It's like maybe some, uh, some variation of that. I think a cheat for us nowadays is cheese, maybe, because we really we can't even do keto treats. I think we both feel pretty disgusting after that, or it really affects us mentally. It it doesn't satisfy my sugar craving, and it makes me feel bad. So we don't do any kind of keto treats, but we like Christmas, Thanksgiving. We've been eating a lot of cheese, and maybe having an extra you know snack in the evenings. We'll eat some pork rinds or some cheese and some 
summer sausage or something like that. But we, we do keep it carnivore, but maybe that's our carnivore cheat where we wouldn't do that normally. How long did it take you to, to end up in this spot? Cause that, again, there's going to be people listening that are just like, man, I just, they're um, not attracted to that because it just seems so hard. Did it take months and weeks or even a year or two? I think, I think um, just to, to go back to my situation, I had uh, type two diabetes and was really a mess physically. And then I wound up getting necrotizing fasciitis, which is flesh eating disease. And I almost died in the hospital. This was three years ago, Christmas day, actually. Um, and that it took a little while after that, but really comes coming to the realization that I have children, you know, this is my livelihood and it's not something that I can play with. And so I just went down the rabbit hole of research and all that. And then, um, once I found, you know, what works out there in the world and how it can apply to me, it was easy. And then it was results. And then it's addicted to getting addicted to the results as a team, we're doing it together. We're almost trying to compete with each other on how much we lost this week or how well we're doing. And, and then, then we found this whole community and podcasts and, and it just became this whole sink that wound up with our health, you know, and vitality at the end of it. And, you know, maintaining for so long now, it's just been um, realizing those non-scale victories, even, you know, being able to get on an airplane without, feeling uncomfortable or um, wrapping a towel around yourself, you know, things like that, um, that you think back to the way it was and you just don't ever want to go there again. I look down at the scar on my arm and, and, you know, I'm not going to pick up that cupcake. What actually causes necrotizing fasciitis? Well, it's caused by a bacterial infection and um, people that are, have compromised immune systems, particularly Mm. type two diabetics, are very susceptible to that because their immune system can't fight back. So mine was actually the strep virus went in through a little sore on my elbow and then uh, it necrotizes after that, you know, and then it starts spreading. And the only way to, to get rid of it is to physically remove the, the flesh. So I don't know if you guys can see my arm. but Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> crazy. And that's just, I mean, that's basically just from food. Yeah, right? from exactly. like uh, abusing food for a long period of time, and then it led to the immune system being compromised. And then, you, do you have any of that anymore? No, no, absolutely. I mean, I came out of the hospital with that all gone. You know, I was in the hospital for about seven weeks, and um, when I came out, you know, I was okay after that. But I knew it you were, took me. You a little, were still diabetic after that. Yeah. I was still diabetic, and I knew I did research and knew that why I got it. And I didn't want to get it again. And I knew that this was all complications from the diabetes. So that's when I made the decision and it's to get rid of that diabetes. And it I took us a while, anymore. right? Like it, it wasn't, we wish it was like instantaneous. It definitely took us a year of healing and figuring it out before we could get on track. We'd st- I mean, we stopped and started a keto diet every week, every month, it seemed like for that entire year. And we just really could never stick to anything together. We usually caused each other to cheat. One of us would have a cheat day and then the other one would be like, ah, well, sounds good to me. (laughs) And then we could never get back on track again after that. So it did take us a while to find something that worked that we were finally able to stick to. In that uh, year process, were you making any progress? 
we of were trying. Really good at losing 20, yeah, we were really good at losing 20 pounds, like 20 pounds. I could lose 20 pounds in a couple of weeks. You know, when you're that overweight, losing 20 pounds. And then I, but then I needed a celebration to celebrate the 20 pound loss. And then I would usually gain back at least 15 of it. And then I could lose another 20. So maybe there was some steps, you know, two steps forward, maybe two steps back again. Um, we kind of went back and up and down the same 20, 30 pounds a lot that year. So what were the habit changes that you think that led to, you know, losing 20 pounds, then continuing on losing more and more and more weight? What types of things did you guys change in terms of what you do? We started, I mean, it was different. Some, we kind of just had a mindset change. We both really just were tired and sick and kind of both came to that. We were both ready at the same time. I think that helped as well. And, you know, deciding not to have a cheat day. We also started eating a lot more meat instead of, you know, living on chicken breast and vegetables. We were eating a lot of steak, which made you not want a cheat day as much. Um, so that was really helpful. And then we almost got to a mindset where instead of allowing the other or giving the other person permission to cheat, we were encouraging each other not to. So, you know, our plan cheats for our anniversary dinner ended up being like, okay, well, what if we just went out and got expensive steaks instead and, yeah. and do something else that was a little more supportive. Um, and I think like Chris said, the results are, are pretty addicting that that year of losing, you know, in 2018, when we both lost all the weight in the year was just, I mean, it was a blur and there was no desire to cheat. I think the last year has been harder when you're maintaining and you're not seeing the scale change every day and you don't have those bigger goals that you're looking towards or you're, you're not trying to lose a hundred pounds again. Like how do you maintain by still staying on track? That's been, especially for me, a lot more where the emotional triggers are coming out where I want to emotionally eat and trying to find other ways of coping with stress and work and kids and life without going to food. And I don't, you know, indulge in, in sweets, but I still struggle with the need or the, the desire to do that. And that's something that I still am healing with myself and working on repairing. Isn't it kind of weird? You know, it's like, <clears throat> why, why is your day so related to your food? It's a, yeah. it's a strange thing. And then I think when you start to get where you guys are, you can kind of look back at it and, and just kind of think, well, that was kind of uh, foolish. Like you're kind of like, why, why was I always doing that? But it's it, when you're actually in the moment, it feels like you can't break out of it. It feels like you're, you know, locked up in a cage and that you don't have a choice but to uh, go towards these uh, cravings that we have. Did you guys throughout the process, either one of you drink at all alcohol? We were really never big drinkers beforehand. I mean, maybe I travel a lot for my job, so I might have like a drink or two with coworkers. Um, but we were not, we were never really big drinkers. Same, occasionally socially, but um, never on any consistent basis. And since we started, we really haven't, I don't think we've had any. One time, like a year and a half ago, I was on a business trip and I had like a couple of like vodka sodas in the evening one night and came home from that trip and had lost zero weight. And I was like, no, okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> that clearly stalled me. It slowed me down. And that was a year and a half ago. And that's the last time I ever had anything, but we were never big. We were never big drinkers to begin with. So you guys don't drink at all now? No, no. You know, you guys were talking about the scale a lot. And one thing that uh, I noticed is that, especially when people are losing a lot of weight, um, some people have a problem like seeing the scale go 
maybe up sometimes and down. Were you guys going, because you mentioned like you didn't lose any weight that weekend, right? Were you just going down, 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 or did you have a lot of like spikes up and down? There might've been some flat weeks, but when we started, I think we were in such a bad place and so overweight, Mm -hmm. over fat, I should say, (laughs) that that line went down. I mean, one week might've been one pound and the next week might've been five pounds. Yeah. But, or zero, but never any up. Right. Never, that. never any up over a, a week period. Um, and that went up till about 80 to a hundred pounds loss. Then it got flat and maybe some little ups and downs, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing we had to adjust to was how much we were eating when we were a hundred pounds overweight versus, you know, you want to keep eating that same amount. Mm. And still to this day, I still eat the same amount. So I kind of tweak with protein ratio and fat ratio and things like that. So that because uh, over time I've always overeaten, right? So if I adjust the fat ratio, now I can still have that full feeling, but not be taking in too much energy or calories. So you track, you you track your calories. I do not track my calories. I just, uh, I notice if I eat fattier, if I eat more fat at the same volume that I'm eating, I will stay flat or even gain weight. Mm. So what I do is when I want to get back down a little bit, I'll just eat sirloin and chicken breast instead of ribeye and cheese. To try to clear things up a little bit for people, um, you know, if you were to eat like if someone was to eat like 3000 calories, like I'm not much of a calorie. I don't even believe in calories. I, I hate that they even get mentioned, but um, for, for various reasons, I, I do think it can be effective. And uh, that's been proven by a lot of people who step on stage in bodybuilding. Like it can have some accuracy, can really help people tune in their, their nutrition. But anyway, um, if someone's to take consume like a 3000 calorie a day diet, and they did that primarily through the standard American diet, that has a much different impact than if you're consuming protein, because we started to come to this realization uh, in the last few years that maybe protein shouldn't even really count as an energy source. It can be used as energy, but it's kind of rare and um, fat and carbohydrates are more readily available uh, in, in terms of energy. So anyone who's listening to this who might not even want to participate in in messing with a carnivore diet or even a keto diet if you just shifted your 60 percent of uh, carbohydrate intake to having maybe more like 60 percent come from protein um, you can end up with some pretty solid and pretty good results end up satiated the way that you're talking about because again protein doesn't really count i guess you'd say like against us in terms of uh, uh in terms of calories and then also protein is so satiating fat is satiating uh, most people enjoy a steak, and so uh, it makes uh, those kinds of things um, a lot easier. Um, do you guys use uh, any dairy? Like you mentioned cheese. What about something like butter, heavy cream, and coffee, something like that? We Neither one of us likes coffee, so it's like bizarre because we get asked that a lot. But So we don't do cream and coffee just because it tastes like dirt. <laughs> um, but we do – maybe I'll cook some eggs and some butter or – occasionally do that. And then cheese is more of a a treat. I think I tend to fall into those addictive tendencies with cheese as well, where I'm not, you know, I'm not eating a cheese stick. It's like end up grabbing too many of them. And so that's more of a treat, I guess, or something that we try to stay away from on a daily basis. Mm. Um, 
but I think when like we kind of we definitely agree with you as far as the protein. I realized for a while I was eating two pounds of steak a day, and I had gotten lean. I actually am up um, like ten pounds heavier than my lowest weight, but I'm a lot healthier now because when I got down to my lowest, I think I just was still eating two pounds of steak a day, but it was so lean. Uh, I wasn't eating the extra, I was eating ribeyes, but I wasn't eating kind of the extra fat on the ribeyes or ensuring that I was eating all of the the fat pieces around it. And so I think my body just needed to gain a little bit of weight and muscle and I needed to eat more fat at that point. So even two pounds of beef wasn't enough fat for me at that point. How much uh, research did you guys need? Did you guys need to really dive in and read a lot of books and understand the science of all this stuff? Or is that something that uh, as you were going along the process, just a little bit more knowledge just maybe helped you stay true to the diet more? Yeah, I'm definitely like the science nerd. He's the smart one. I'm I'm the one that's, uh, you know, Ted Naiman, Ben Bickman, all these guys that are, you know, out there talking about all the science. I'm listening and soaking up everything that I can. And then I'm filling her in on, well, this is why this, and this is how this works and and whatnot. And um, we're both definitely driven by those different things and trying to make tweaks and, and, and model what we're doing after some of the advice they give. It definitely was a big help in the beginning. It's kind of where I started was I just YouTube to how to reverse diabetes, you know, and the first guy I found was Dr. Jason Fung, mm-hmm. the fasting. And then it was just like a rabbit hole from there. And down the road, I went, you're like, shit, don't eat. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to try that. And we kind of went through like Cole's, uh, you know, Cole Robinson. Oh, he's diet. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So those were, I mean, fasting has also been a big part of this as well. So we love to eat a lot and we regulate how much we eat with how often we eat. Um, and, I think sometimes people try to know too much before they start. I was eating things in the very beginning that I would never eat now, but at least it got me to where I am. And if you, whatever you can do to get the junk out of your diet at first, then start there. And then over time, and the more you lose, the more you're going to have to change to keep losing um, or to keep getting healthy, healthier, I guess. So it's, start now with whatever you know and then you can learn as you go you don't have to be perfect to get started yeah on that eating hot dogs it's better than twinkies we ate a lot of bunless hot dogs and microwaved with a low-carb tortilla in the (laughs) beginning and i wouldn't do that now but that was my dinner for like months was microwaved hot dogs wrapped in a tortilla with a slice of cheese in it yeah and did that work hey i lost 30 pounds that month and i did that for a while so when you when you have that weight to lose i couldn't do that now um, I wouldn't feel good on a low carb tortilla anymore, and mm. I couldn't. I wouldn't want to do that now, but it certainly was beneficial for me in the beginning. Some people get upset about like a dirty keto, you know, like um, mm. and and going to fast food. And my, my opinion on all this is that um, if you're excessively overweight, I think that's uh, enemy number one. And I think right. that if you can figure out a way to reduce that weight, if you can figure out a way to have that fat leave leave your body, uh, then I think you're heading the right direction, regardless of how weird or crazy uh, the type of food is that you eat. You could have sausage every day. Maybe that's not preferred, and maybe we can make some sense and say logically, like, maybe that's not great to eat that much processed food that has that many other ingredients in it. But at the same time, I'm thinking – uh, one of the best ways to detoxify the body is to lose body fat because body fat holds on to most of the toxins, uh, most of the environmental toxins and 
things that we consume. So if you can knock that out and you're starting to head in the right direction, I think uh, it could be something that you can work on reducing at some other time. But if you're losing weight, then that's step number one. Yeah, I mean, I travel for my job and I'm, or even just at work, like I, you know, work full time and have to eat out. Sometimes I go to a fast food restaurant at least once a week and just get plain burger patties. Um, I can crush 16 in and out burger patties for my one meal that day. And 16. Uh, usually, yeah. Whew, <laughs> that's awesome. Patties, I know. So 16 gives me two. <laughs> so no, no offense, Chris, but like half the audience just totally fell in love with your wife. So <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> I pull up to the to pay, and they usually are asking me like, "Where's the dog?" You know, <laughs> they think that dog in the car <laughs> that I'm going to feed him to. You're like, "Give me one fork." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that exactly. that that is always funny because like when I go to In and Out, they recognize me based on my order, and then they want to give you like I don't know like ten different forks and napkins, and you're like, "No, nah, I'll just do one. We're good here." I don't even I don't even use one. I just have have my own salt shaker in the car, and then just fold it and eat oh, it. Oh, there you go. Taco. Savage. Yeah. Expedite the whole thing, right? Right. Yeah. Um, what you said a second ago about the um, the hot dog, the the weenie and the tortilla, um, that's like growing up Mexican, that's a staple in the house. So the fact that you're able to eat that and still lose weight, like you just made a lot of people happy. So I'm really glad you shared that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's obviously not the optimal thing, but if that's what it takes to get started, yeah. it's better than Twinkies, right? Absolutely. I'm really curious about, uh, uh, your, your journey on the way down in terms of the weight, because like you guys mentioned, you made a lot of like changes as you're heading down to figure out how to get to that next place and you implemented fasting. But what were some of the big changes you made while dieting other than maybe the food quality? Did you guys like, were you guys eating less and less food or was it, what, what were some of the big changes you made to continue dropping? I think it was just mostly less and less often. Um, we were people who ate six to eight times. A, I mean, we were, I was constantly snacking. My bottom desk drawer at work was full of a bag of gas station snacks and I was Ooh. constantly just munching on that. And so really we started with three meals a day and a snack, then went to three meals, two meals, one meal, and really just went, then we tried to, you know, did a fast. So that was one of the biggest things was stop thinking that you needed to eat every time somebody else was eating mm. uh, is one of the, I guess, just eating less often. Yeah. Same for me. You know, we started the intermittent fasting um, pretty early on and that wound up getting down to one meal a day. And then eventually during the peak of the weight loss, we were maybe eating five times a week on average. Yeah. Um, And for me, that was really helpful because when I eat one meal a day, I can pretty much eat as much as I want. I can make the most glorious steak, two steaks, sit there and eat it till I'm full. Mm-hmm. And then I, my mind is liberated knowing that I'm not eating again till the next day. Yeah. And I'm not hungry again till the next day either. And that trajectory keeps going. And the other adjustment as far as eating, like I talked about earlier, for me, at least I got to a certain point and I kind of hit a wall and I, I kind of had to make a choice. Do I start eating less, which I do not want to restrict, or do I go the name and route and start dialing down the fat a little bit? So I started doing that and then the weight started coming off again and I lost another 20 pounds or so after that. It so takes a Yeah, it takes a lot of trial and error to kind of figure out how you can continue to make progress. Um eating 5 times a week as opposed to 5 times a day, like that is staggering. Like that is amazing. You, you guys are amazing. I mean, this progress is 
is unbelievable, and I think you're motivating and inspiring uh, a lot of people. Um, I think maybe when somebody thinks of that, I think we can all agree like eating five times a week uh, would literally work for everybody. Uh, but would it work for everybody in terms of being able to kind of switch their mindset uh, into that? Just like you guys play, played it out, like it, it took time. It didn't, you know, that's that's important thing to note is it didn't happen overnight. I don't know why, you know, we have this uh, – like I, I've been trapped by this as well. And I, I'm always thinking that I always need other stuff, whether it's, uh, um, you know, a car or whether it's like just leaving the house with food. Like I always, I'm a person that like always like needs and wants more shit all the time. And so I have like a closet full of, I have, a, I have a closet full of clothes. I have, uh, closets full of food. I have like four refrigerators. I mean, it's just absolutely, uh, insane. I don't know how we uh, get to that point. Um, I definitely had enough hugs as a kid, so I don't know what I don't know what it is I'm trying to make up for. But I think a lot of people are in that boat, and they think they just need to eat all day long. Um, what do you think was like the number one step to get you guys to calm down with that, like wanting, wanting, wanting uh, to always have food, to always pack, like even just leaving the house for an hour you're like oh i should bring a protein shake with me or i should bring a bag of almonds with me or you always just think you need something how'd you guys break that i think just time and and research and when you realize you're not when you go without it and you realize you're not hungry and you didn't starve and you're fine (laughs) is a big realization you didn't die (laughs) yeah going 24 hours without eating food and not dying is pretty i mean it's you realize you're going to be okay. And it actually wasn't that hard. And, you know, keeping yourself busy or something, the first time that you try to do that is big. The big part for me, and this is, you know, a whole other, we don't have to get into it, but is with the kids. I used to not even go to the grocery store or go run an errand with the, without taking snacks for the kids and big shift to stop giving them snacks. Every time we go run an errand was a big change for me and realizing that they'll be fine without them having a snack too. So if I don't need it, to eat every couple hours, like why do they either? So that was, I mean, maybe that's something else, but um, I think just doing it and realizing that you'll be okay is, is the easiest way to fix it. You know, also learning, learning about, you know, giving that your body, that metabolic rest between meals and knowing that that's a healthy thing combined with the fact that when you're eating the right foods, you're not hungry. It just makes it easy. So now when I see somebody like, Oh, I have a, four-hour plane flight what am i going to take to eat i just kind of laugh like that's that's insane like right (laughs) you don't need anything yeah do you guys feel that hunger is like healing like you know you don't want to give people uh make people self-conscious about every time they eat they have to think that they're doing something negative necessarily but do you think that uh some hunger is is necessary and and maybe being hungry is like the fat burning process getting underway I think there's a little bit to that. I'm, um, you know, just doing the fasting, I think there's a point where I don't think it's contradictory to say that your body is going to tell you it wants food, even though it has plenty of body fat to burn, because mm-hmm. uh, it wants to preserve that and it doesn't want to waste it because it never knows when it's going to use it. So I think that um, if you're hungry, you're definitely burning body fat, I think, at that point. And um, pushing yourself a little bit, you know, a little adversity is not necessarily a bad thing. And 
Um, I talk about not being hungry when you're eating this way. It's so much better, less than, less than when you're on that insulin roller coaster and it's like, ah, give me food. Um, it's just like a, a, su- a subtle feeling in your stomach that, you know, you could eat right now. If food was in front of you. You'd like to. But also, if I can't eat for a couple hours, I'll be fine. Like, it's kind of more different than anything. And so pushing that limit a little bit, I think when we were in peak weight loss mode, you know, and we don't, we mostly seven times a week now, but um, um, when we were losing the bulk of that weight, when we were eating five times a week, it was like, okay, I'm just going to push it a little longer. I'm going to stay this way a little longer. I'll go for a walk in the cold, you know, do things that make you a little bit uncomfortable to try and get a little bit better each time from that. Did you guys like through this whole process, were you guys going to the gym at all? Were you active in that way? Or did you guys just like do it mainly through your diet? We had both. I, um, I had lost 80 pounds before I went to the gym at all. And, um, after I lost 80 pounds, I was like, okay, maybe I need to start thinking about like what's happens next and toning. And I'm, you know, like just wanted to start tightening things and toning and worrying about skin and muscles and realizing there was a lot of space in my skin that needed to be filled. And so we started going to the gym. I knew nothing about lifting. I, the thought of doing running on the treadmill was sounded terrible to me. And so I started taking weightlifting classes at a gym and I would go two, three days a week and just lift weights and do what they told me to do. Um, and so that's kind of been my routine for the most part is just, just that I don't get on the treadmill. I don't run, but I lift heavy, um, two, three days a week. And for me, same thing. It was about 80. Well, when I first started, I went for a walk about four mile walk every day, every afternoon. Ooh. And, uh, he's home with the kids during the day. So I would walk in the door from work and he's like, I gotta go. It was a yeah. good like break to get out of the house yeah. and go for a walk at the end of the day. I knew that, that, that extra, even though it wasn't anything high intensity is just, you know, burning down some of the being diabetic, you know, kind of helping clear out the liver of all the excess sugar and garbage in there, you know, burn a little bit, and mm-hmm. get the sun and things like that on, on, on myself. And then, uh, so that was probably maybe five days a week. I would do that. And I still do that. And then after about eight months or so, 80 pounds, I'm sorry, which was about, I don't know, six months after we started, I started going to the gym as well. And I just do just a simple compound movement workout, usually with just the machines, or doing pull-ups, mm-hmm. things like that, just to um, work the major muscle groups. And, and you go five days a week for that. I usually go four to five days a week, yeah. Was there ever any sabotage uh, from one to the other or like trying to slow down somebody's progress? Because I know sometimes with couples, they get concerned, you know, somebody starts looking better and then maybe you're worried that's, you know, they may be attracted to someone different or someone different from the outside may now be attracted to them. Like, so I've seen this happen with couples often where, you know, uh, somebody might lose like 40 pounds and, and, uh, uh, other spouse is getting upset and, uh, wants to kind of sabotage or put an end to this, uh, dieting craze. Was there any sabotage, uh, sabotaging of each other or did you, you know, have some, uh, was it hard to see the other one make progress here and there? I'm no, um, Together, we yeah. knew that we needed each other to keep going. So, um, no and sabotage. We both, this we both look better. So, I mean, <laughs> right. kind of wash myself, right? <laughs> right. I do think I went through more stalls than he did, which was harder. And I think that's pretty typical for, for women. I started before him, um, about a month. And so I was at a little bit of a head start. And then eventually he gained and passed me. And, you know, 
I think some women, most women are going to have a little bit more stalls in there, which was frustrating. And I kind of, you know, definitely got a little grumpy at him, I'm sure, at, during some times. But, um, you know, usually he would help me tweak what I was doing or we would work together on fixing some things or he would then encourage me by doing a fast with me or making some changes with himself so that we could stay on track together. Was, um, uh, have, was it emotional at all? Did you guys um, fight at all during some of this? I'm sure. Yeah. I think definitely like let's when you know, you store a lot of hormones in your fat. And so releasing all that fat releases a lot of hormones. And there's <laughs> was a few months where I was not the most wonderful person to be around uh, just because I think that my body was going through so many changes with, with all the fat loss. And uh, I'm sure that was difficult. <laughs> Chris is doing the right thing over there. Just keep smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Laura, um, I'm curious about this because, you know, you did a lot of fasting. You did a lot of prolonged fasting and you hear a lot of people say um, women need to think about certain things when when they fast or it's not safe or whatever. So you went through this process successfully. Is there anything that you did different from Chris or was was it all the same? Was there anything you added into your diet supplementation or was it just, you know, your diet? I definitely eat more fat than he does. I tend to stick with fattier meats. And then I realized when I was eating really cleanly trimmed ribeyes that I wasn't feeling good. And that's when I went through that like kind of grumpy phase mm. um, because I just wasn't getting enough fat or, or getting enough energy. And I think that it affected my hormones um, some during that time. And the minute that I started like adding more fat back in and making sure that I was getting enough energy that made the difference. Um, so I, I would try to eat lean like him. He would eat top sirloin and some lean ground beef or some shrimp. And it helped him drop those weight that some extra, you know, 10 pounds. And I tried to do the same thing and it didn't really work for the weight loss. And it also just made me really hormonal. So um, I just had to remember that I need to eat a little bit more fat, which then I have to regulate a little bit how much and how often I'm eating because I'm eating fattier. So I can't copy him as any, as much anymore as I did in the beginning. So does this mean like your fasts were sometimes a little bit longer when you, you took them or. I do think, I think long-term I fasted more often than, than he did. Um, I would do maybe two 48 hour fasts a week instead of one, or I would, you know, then I would eat, eat a lot of fat after that. Okay. Got it. And then also you guys mentioned your kids now, what, like a lot of times, especially when couples are trying to do something or parents trying to do something, they always have their kids as an excuse. You mentioned that you weren't like, you don't have them snacking or whatever. So now with the way that your diets are, have you adjusted the way your kids eat? Do they like, do they eat like five times a day? How how do your kids eat now? So we focus, we don't track their macros or have anything like that. We focus on keeping out processed foods, sugars, grains, uh, seed oils, kind of any of that. Those are the major players, I guess. And we, they don't snack. The school requires them. You know, my daughter's in kindergarten and they have a required snack time in the afternoons, which is unfortunate. Um, so like she'll, we, but we send something the, you know, normally the kids and the parents provide their own. And I would say from what I can he tell 90% of the time, it's some sort of cookie or goldfish or Cheez-Its. Okay. And um, those are things that we want them to have. So we send something for her to take and kind of pull out of her bag during that time. But they, we prioritize protein is, I guess, the most simple way to say it. They eat three meals a day. Usually one of them is pretty big and then two smaller meals. And then prioritize protein, a lot of meat, eggs, 
Um, if they want some veggies, they get some veggies. They have some lower sugar fruits. Um, they have some macadamia nuts, usually cheese. What else? But they'll have a sweet potato, right? We'll take a sweet potato and cut it up and put it plain in an air fryer, and they'll they'll have some of that as well. Um, we just make sure that that's on a day where they've already had protein, where they're not eating like that type of carb for three different meals. Yeah, they eat a lot of eggs, a lot of sausage, um, a lot of bur- bur- burger patties with no bun. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much sort of paleo almost. Mm. Yeah, with cheese, I guess paleo with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Walk us through a little bit of uh, like convenience and price. Like what are things that you guys do that you feel is pretty convenient? You mentioned rolling through uh, in and out. Um, what are some things that you guys do that co- that's convenient and easy maybe uh, for the both of you, maybe f- as a family? And then um, what are some things that you guys do that uh, are maybe factoring in the price or does price even need to be factored in because you eat uh, so infrequently? Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Convenient and cheap is not eating. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. You know, when people ask if carnivore is affordable, we say, I mean, I used to spend more in ice cream uh, a week than I probably do in steak. So it definitely balances out. We shop at the grocery store with what's on sale. We get the ads from the newspaper and we buy what's on sale that week. And we, you know, I eat out more than Chris does. Chris eats at home every day and just he's also cheaper. He eats just exactly what's on sale from a regular grocery store every day. And I'm a little bougier and want ribeyes. Most of the time. <laughs> uh, so I go to Costco and get a pack of ribeyes if I'm feeling fancy and, or if there's nothing else on sale that I want. Um, you know, we do burger patties. We do like the frozen burgers from Costco. Our kids eat usually one of those a day. Mm. Or we go through a lot of just frozen burger patties from typical places like that. Um, yeah, every Monday we get the the ads in the mail from the grocery chains that tell us the sale for the week, and they're all laid out on the counter, and we're planning what we're going to do that week. And that way, we always can get something that's we don't have to freeze. It's yeah. you know available at the store that week. This week it's New York Strip. Next week ribeye. The next week sirloin whatever it is and then i'm always buying like some ground beef lean ground beef like 93 percent um when it's on sale so that i can make some burger patties for myself during that time with the style of diet that you have you guys can cook every meal basically right or not every meal but almost every meal right and i think that that's a huge factor because that the food just tastes better. Like you don't have to, you're not carrying around food with you like at work or something like that. And then having to microwave something that was cold. I think for a lot of people, it's very like, um, unappetizing. And when their buddy says, Hey, let's go to Chipotle and grab a burrito. You're going to do that every single time over having whatever, uh, nutritious thing that you have in the fridge at work. So I think, um, you know, even just eating once or twice a day is big. Yeah, we eat, um, both of us eat lunch for our one meal. So people are always asking, like, don't you miss out on family dinners? And I mean, family dinner when you have toddlers sounds terrible. Like, do you want to really cook <laughs> and get your kids to eat and then clean up and deal with all that in the, the two hours that I have from when I get home from work before they go to bed? Like, I would much rather sit and read and play with my kids and give them my time and focus versus fighting with a meal. Um, that's just because we're all sitting down at the table. That's not that relaxing and bonding. Um, so we do, but I get asked a lot like about 
microwaving steaks. I don't want to eat a microwave steak left over uh, at work. Mm-hmm. It's, that's as a not, it's not appetizing to me. And you're right. I would um, not keep up with this. So I tend to eat out more because I want, I'll get burger patties that are fresh. I don't mind a cold, some cold, like flat meat or like mm-hmm. flank steak. I'll eat that cold. Chris makes me some like sliced up deli, like tri-tip that I'll take to work and eat that cold. So I have uh, other options that I'll, for things that I'll do to take to work or I'll just fast one day as well. Um, You mentioned earlier too, that you still, first off, you still have those sugar cravings and you're still coping with some of that. So like what tactics do you use when like maybe when you feel that or when that comes about, do you just immediately eat protein? Like what do you guys typically do? I think I probably deal with more the emotional side of things than, than Chris does. Um, I try to, at this point I'm reach out. I know that isolation, if I try to kind of hide what I'm going through or if I'm stressed and I'm craving something and I try to hide that, that only like makes me want to convince myself that I could do it. Right. I just say isolation feeds that addiction. And so I try to be open about it and talk to Chris. Um, if I'm around other people, I would never falter because I, don't, would never let anybody see me fail, but um, it's when I'm, you know, home alone on a Friday night and Chris is working and the kids are, you know, asleep that, that that comes out. And so I try to listen to a podcast or, you know, call a friend or watch a YouTube video of something that's going to help me or just even get my mind off of it. If I'm just sitting on the couch feeling stressed out from work after a week, then that's when I'm going to have those cravings. So maybe it's just do a little workout on the floor or especially like texting a friend or calling somebody listening to really good podcasts helps a lot. I think a, a good cue for people, a really healthy thing to do is just try to do the opposite. Like, so if you are sitting around kind of like feeling sorry for yourself or the day was rough and you're like, man, I just, you know, I want to go to the store and get a snack or I want to reach into my fridge and eat a, B or C just think like, what's the exact opposite of that? You know, the exact opposite of that is probably something that will make you more proud of yourself and so you have an option to stick up some points on the scoreboard and to feel a tremendous, a tremendously a lot better about yourself rather than a lot worse. And it's hard in those moments because those cravings really are hitting you hard. Um, but you can think like, yeah, what are some opposites of this? I could train. I could hit the floor and do some push-ups. I can go on a walk. And then I tell people a lot of times, and this is not easy to do, but like we all could use more sleep. So just go to fucking bed, you know, (laughs) just don't, just don't end up in your pantry. Just, you know, try, try to bypass it and just uh, get your ass to sleep. Another trick uh, I've been telling people about is, you know, when you do eat dinner or you do eat your meal or meals, um, you know, put your shoes on before you do it. So that, that way it triggers you to go out on a walk uh, immediately afterwards. So that way there's nothing you can have your jacket ready or whatever it is you need to go outside flashlight or whatever it is you need to go outside. Everything's already all set. And then it's, it's easier when you're done with your meal to go, ah, like I already got things halfway started. I might as well stop being fat. And I might as well go on a walk. <laughs> and that's, not, that's so true. We do that a lot. If I eat one bite of something too, I have to tell myself, you can't even have a bite. If I were to have <laughs> one piece of string cheese at night, then I'm done. Like I, I will eat anything that is I can find in this house or I can order. And that's a lot of things. So that's part of it is too, is just knowing that you can't control yourself. That's okay. 
it's okay. You don't have to be somebody who can like just have a small snack. You don't need to have any snack. And then I just remind myself that I'm not really going to be able to stay on track if I have that. What are some of the excuses that you guys uh, maybe used to use um, when when you guys were heavier? Um, and how, how much did both of you weigh? Let's start with that. How much did you guys weigh? Uh, I was – my highest recorded was 294. I was probably a little higher than that, but uh, that's what I go off of. I was 263 is the highest that I had recorded, and that was like at a doctor's office. Um, and I'm five, eight. So either, mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what, that's still really heavy. And then what were the excuses that you guys may, may have told yourself like internal dialogue? And then what are the excuses that you guys maybe shared with each other about like, ah, oh, we'll wait till after Christmas. We'll wait till the new year. We'll wait till Monday. What, what were some of those excuses sounding like? I think the one we used with each other the most was just like, all right, well, we'll get it out of our system this weekend and then we'll start on Monday. Like <laughs> this three days of eating crap is going to really get it out of our system and we'll get back on track. We used to do that a lot or we deserve it. It's a special occasion. Every special occasion, the first of the year. And we would be telling ourselves that in like end of October, Hey, this next year, the first of the year, this is going to be the time. And then that means we have to eat everything (laughs) that we can over the next couple months or couple days. Those were the big ones. I don't think there was ever like, an excuse that came to the surface, I think it's just the moral of a subconscious fear of failing and ignorance at how to do it because you think about doing it and you just think you're going to be hungry and miserable all the time, which is the way it was every time we tried it before. And so it wasn't until we really did it this way where we didn't have that hunger and misery. Of course, there's little bits of hunger like we talked about earlier, but it's not the same hunger as when you're trying to restrict yourself to a thousand calories of carbs a day. You know, that's, that's insane insanity. But uh, we felt once we were doing it and then we realized, well, this is easy. I'm satisfied. Like, and the scales going down and down. It's like, all right, the race is on and 10 months we lost over 200 pounds. Oh I think emotionally it's hard. Like I spent a lot of time. I just had a baby. I used that as an excuse for a long time where I just had a baby. It takes time. So that must mean I need to eat ice cream. Um, Ladies, or, your baby's five years old. Like, let's go. <laughs> right. Well, that's part of the reason why I started this. My son was going to and when I went into the labor with him, mm. like I didn't weigh that much during my pregnancies right. and I was started right. at 200 pounds when I got pregnant with both the kids. And so that was a huge trigger, but telling myself, well, I'm nursing, I need extra calories. <laughs> so that must mean I need a pint of ice cream every night. Um, and then also just, I'm too stressed right now. Works too crazy right now. It's not a good time for me. You know, I, I had a rough day. I I can't handle it right now was that was my internal struggle of I can't handle I need something to make me feel good right now. And before you guys were like, you know, that heavy, were you guys trying different diets before this? Like, were you did you try vegan? Did you try accounting? Like, what did you guys do before? I always many years ago, I, I did Atkins for a little while, okay. which was uh, basically similar. And, and, and it was successful. I never stuck with it. And then that was probably 10 years ago. But then um before we just started this, we really didn't do anything else other than low carb, mainly because uh, I I was convinced that it works because it worked for me before. Mm. And also I hate vegetables. So this is like <laughs> kind of made for me. Um, so that was the only way I was going to do it. So she had to go off the line. 
Well, mm-hmm. our our um, oldest daughter is, um, or like our oldest daughter together is um, five. And so after she was born, we did lose some weight. That was right at the time he found out that he was uh, type two diabetic. And we lost weight together. I think I lost 60 pounds that time. And then we did a, like a weight loss competition with friends. We we're very goal driven people. And so we lost a lot of weight together, just doing low carb in general, or what we thought was low carb. And um, at the end of that, the day the weight loss competition was over, we went out for cheesesteak and French fries and kind of really never got back on track at that point and gained it all back again together. Um, eight years ago, I we both have yo-yoed a lot in our lives, but I did a vegan diet for a year. Um, just same thing. I saw a vegan movie and thought this is what I need to do to lose weight and be healthy. And so I did that for about a year, um, lost 50 pounds, but was pretty drained. My hair started falling out. was pretty terrible by the end of it. Um, so I think then I got, I think I posted something. I was like off the vegan wagon for the night and I had eaten a giant ribeye and then I never got back (laughs) on it after that. What are some uh, like pitfalls that you guys may have fallen into? Have you ever um, run into any issues with fasting? Um, have you ever, you know, cramped up really bad and, and then kind of learned that you need more electrolytes or ever just been uh, really fatigued or ever passed out or ever ended up uh, binging because you fasted too much? It was too much too early on or something like that? With your meds. Oh, yeah. Well, early on. I was getting dizzy a lot, like having lightheadedness. And uh, I thought maybe it was my blood sugar. I checked my blood sugar. It was normal and couldn't figure it out. So I went and tested my blood pressure and my blood pressure was super, super low um, because I was taking blood pressure medication still from Mm. before. Mm. So I had to get rid of that and that went away, obviously. But that was one kind of unknown. Mm. But um, if I can tell if I fast for for a while and I'm not putting salt in my water or not having potassium, I get definitely get some leg cramps and foot cramps. Um, they'll wake me up at night or kind of just end up walking around the house. So I can tell at that point, but other than like electrolyte supplements, we don't take anything like that, just salt um, and some potassium. Actually, Chris, you, you brought up something really interesting. You pretty much reversed your type two diabetes and Jason Fung talks a lot about that. What else did you have to do other than maybe getting rid of the blood pressure medication for individuals that do have type two? Like, is there anything special that they need to be doing as far as like the changes in their diet, their medication, they're taking insulin, all of that type of stuff? Um, I can't speak to insulin. I was never on insulin. I was on two different drugs for diabetes, um, metformin and gliburide, gliburide and gliburide. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but, um, I was taking both of those and within, once I changed my diet, um, within two weeks or so, my blood sugars were normal. So I just stopped taking them. Also, I was going down that research rabbit hole and just learning how it's kind of pointless if you're not eating any sugar. So, um, and the advice from people like Dr. Fung and stuff, and I'm not going to give medical advice to somebody who's diabetic on this one right now. But um, I was, I'm, I'm out there. I'm walking every day. I'm eating the right stuff. I'm spacing my meals out. I, that stuff's in the past. So I, I pretty much stopped that right away. And my blood sugar took maybe three weeks to a month before it was never above 85 in the morning. And uh, 
I just credit that to being completely on plan, um, spacing the meals out, working off some of that excessive sugar, glycogen in the body, burning some of that down and just letting things kind of normalize. And then uh, that's maintained the whole time. I was on about six or seven different medications mm. and I stopped them all. The first one I stopped was a statin. Once I started researching, I found out the truth about statins and I threw that one in the garbage. But uh, mm. the blood pressure medication, the diabetes stuff, I was taking ibuprofen every day, three, four times a day, just for the pain you're in when you're carrying around that much weight. Mm. Um, sleep apnea, that went away. He used to sleep with the machine that he's off completely. He was, he's been off of that for a long time. Damn. Um, what did you guys weigh when you met? I was probably like 220 maybe, uh, 200. Like I was not, I was definitely not then like around between 200 and 220, kind of going up and down. Same thing, always on a diet of some kind. I was probably around 250 to 275, yeah. somewhere in that. And range. then what about your childhood? What Were you guys both heavy growing up or – I think I definitely had was a pretty normal kid um, growing up. And then once I hit puberty is when I really started to gain. And then I went to college and gained and gained. And I was always at least, you know, double digit pant sizes, um, probably around like 180 for my late teens. And then once I hit my 20s is when I really started to gain uh, even more. So I was definitely this is the by far the thinnest I've been since puberty. Wow. And I was, I always struggled a little bit. I was a chunky kid in, even from junior high, I remember. Um, and then in high school, I was probably 240 to 250. And then after high school, I actually had to get down to 180 because I joined the Air Force. And so I wound up having to lose 60 pounds. So I was 240 when I was 19 years old, 18 years old. And then I lost 60 pounds to get to 180, went into the Air Force and over four years came out of the Air Force at 215. And then it's ever since then till I got to about 300. And uh, now I'm back down to in the 180s. Do you guys feel that? Do you guys feel that food is like uh, an addiction? Do you feel it's an addiction for people? 100%. It is for me, 100%. And I think that was where we have always yo-yoed because we never realized that before we were able to, we we're both really determined driven people. We're certainly, we were not lazy. We have real, we're really good at sticking to a plan when there's a goal, but once we hit that goal, it's the celebration, it's the getting off track and it's never being able to, to regain that control again. Um, or being naive to think that, okay, now I can moderate and just right. have it once a week. That was the problem. That was the, when we finally realized that is the first time that in our separate lives we've ever been able to maintain any weight loss before together or previously because we've realized we can't just have a Friday night once a week cheat night and get back on track again. And that's been very freeing for us. What has this done for you guys as a couple? It's been good. I mean, overall, we get a lot of like – Things must be different now questions, <laughs> um, which is fun, but it's been good. I think in some ways it's, I know I would not have made it this far without Chris and um, we definitely have only been able to accomplish it together. And I think we both know we, we need each other for long-term health and happiness for our family. There's um, accountability there. You know, mm-hmm. we keep each other accountable as well as uh, motivated. Yeah. And 
it's fun too. I mean, it's the subject of lots of our conversations and uh, we talk about podcasts, you know, we talk about uh, Mark Bell, like my post today, you know, <laughs> like we, we, it's, it's kind of something positive that can fill our um, downtime rather than doing something unproductive. Right. And we still cooked. I mean, it's nice not to have to, I think if one of us was doing it and the other one wasn't, it would, there would be so much resentment there and it definitely would have driven a wedge between us. I don't think either one of us would have come this far if the other person mm. wasn't on track. And even little things, we're talking about what are we going to eat on Christmas and planning out our Christmas meals. It's just very comforting to know that I'm not going to have somebody who's going to try to tempt me or I'm not going to have to deal with the stress of having a bunch of Christmas cookies around the house um, for that. So I I, it definitely has brought us closer together. There's certainly been some stress along the way and some, you know, difficulties, but um, I think that we know we need each other a lot with this and we know it all would have completely driven a wedge between us if we were not in this together. I think it is a pretty big deal though. Like how you guys, when you said you guys are determined people, like you've lost 60 pounds, 50 pounds and gained it back and you've done it multiple times. And then now with what you guys have done now, it's something that you've maintained. This is, has this been the longest time that you guys have maintained this weight loss? A hundred percent. This is the, my goal was to have two birthdays in a row where I was a consecutive weight. And that's mm. never happened to me in my life. Um, at all. Yeah. Same. Uh, basically since October. So mm -hmm. 14 months now, 15 months, uh, been within five pounds of the same weight. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's yeah. Never happened in my life. Never. I, I would have drastic swings, 50 pound swings at least every year. And that idea of control that you mentioned, it's like even myself and I think Mark too, like even like though we were, I guess, in shape before in terms of food, like we still had that addiction to wanting to eat these foods and you couldn't control like not going to go get it. Like we'd go make it happen. You know what I mean? And this like with fasting and this style of diet, it's the only time that we've ever felt, at least I think we've ever really felt in control mm -hmm. of our cravings for food. So that's, it's crazy. And it's, we still have, we, I think still we're supporting each other in learning that. And I think we both have a long way to go. You know, there was a, one of us walked into a gas station and saw a brand new kind of candy bar and take a picture and text the other person. And we're like, Oh, this is uh and then the other one's saying, it's not worth it. Right. It's definitely not worth it. Like let's, what do you want to eat it's tomorrow instead? We still have those moments, both directions. And it's something that the other person understands because we're going through it together and to, and not addiction. Um, what do you guys think the that fasting to, to oh, look at it like a drug and to really mm -hmm. think that I I'm an addict, like almost to do the whole 12 steps with yourself, you know, and like mm -hmm. I'm an addict and I know that I can't touch that, you know, and then it makes it easier. It's almost liberating because mm -hmm. then, then you don't obsess about it anymore. And if, if you had asked me five, 10 years ago, ever in my life, what my favorite food is, I would say a steak. So now I can have my favorite food every single day. So it makes, makes missing the Twix bars a little easier. Yeah. Um, have you guys noticed that uh, the, the discipline, and this is something I've noticed, the discipline of fasting has maybe, um, it sounds weird to say it, but it's maybe calmed down a lot of other things in your life. I think that the food stress is a weird pull on you all the time. 
you know, there's a website called rule.me and uh, has a lot of recipes on keto type stuff. And when I went in there and, and read about like, you know, uh, why the website has that name it's because the guy used to be like 300 or 400 pounds or something like that and he was ruled by food and i I just thought that's a great message like a lot of us are ruled by food food kind of really uh controls and dictates the day i felt like once i got in tune with fasting um not that i'm an angry person or an antsy person really but like i was a little bit more high strung when food had that um that when food ruled me, when food uh, was, uh, it just had that pull all the time of, of uh, you know, I'd go to a restaurant, I'd be hungry and I'd be like, oh man, it's taking so long and I'd be frustrated. Um, and anytime I got hungry, I'd get like irritable and things like that. Have you guys noticed that um, through the discipline of fasting that maybe things have kind of calmed down? It's a little bit easier to be more uh, rational, a little bit easier to be more logical. <laughs> you might think I'm not very loved, like calm all the time anyway, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, for sure, if, if anything, it's physiological where you're not dealing with those insulin spikes and it's an, an actual thing where you're going to be, have less emotional roller coaster because you're not um, feeding that. But I think it's been big for us to try to create memories as a family and do things that are not all food centered and to try to not let food be the reason why we celebrate the fact that we don't have to eat cake on my birthday or on an anniversary doesn't what you eat doesn't have to define how you celebrate something. And that's been a big part of this for us. And so, you know, fasting has helped. I sit at a lot of restaurants with a lot of people and a lot of corporate business lunches and don't eat. And it's very hard for other people sometimes that you're not eating and they are. Um, But I think that for me, there's no, it's, I'm calm and I can work and it gives me a chance to focus on the relationships that I'm having with people because I'm not eating. And I very much uh, enjoy that sometimes. You know, you said you, you just said something that was really interesting. It's very hard for other people when you're not eating and they are what do, like, what do you mean by that? I think when, when you're making a choice to not eat sugar or to not eat carbs or to not eat in general, people take that as an offense to them. And that, that must mean that you're judging what they're eating and what they're doing. And it has caused some stress and some tension in a lot of uh, relationships for people because they project their own insecurities upon themselves. And that must, you not eating is an offense to how they're, uh, how they're eating. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard for people sometimes when you change and they don't. I saw some good friends of mine last night um, out at a sushi restaurant and they were like, oh, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we got our cheat day. Like they had to get it off their chest that, you know, that like that I saw them with carbs or whatever. You know? <laughs> it was, uh, it was kind of funny and I don't care, you know, like that's, that's on, right. up to them. And I, you know, I, I wish everybody, uh, good health and everything, but like, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and uh, switch out your food for you or, or take all your rice off right. your table and throw it away or something like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think people just, start feeling guilty about it. But it's, if, if you're somebody who can moderate, I don't, I think as long as the majority of your diet is on track, if you want to have a cheat day once in a while, great, have that. Um, I wish I could, I, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it, are you kidding yourself really though, that you can and get back on track again? Or is that just your excuse? Like, is this really the, the time, you know, the one, the one cheat day, or are you just trying to pretend like you can moderate when you know you can't? What you got over there, Andrew? 
So I'm I'm curious, like, what your guys' take on this, because I'm sure you guys get asked, you know, or maybe you don't, actually. There's a lot of people that don't want to know the answer, but, you know, there, there's somebody that's listening right now, and they have so much momentum going the opposite way. They're hearing your guys' story, and you guys are the minority right now, right? Like, there's not enough people that can replicate what you guys have done. So where is, like, the absolute, like, very bottom, minimal place to start for somebody who, like I said, they've just been going the wrong way for simply too long, and and they know they're unhealthy, they want to change, or at least they think they want to change. They might have told somebody they want to change, but yet they're going to go home tonight and still have, you know, the pizza because it's Friday or, you know, whatever it may, whatever it may be. But where can that, you know, that mom or that dad that's, you know, had the exact same situation as you guys, what is step one? Oops, wrong camera. I think step one is making that decision, saying I'm done. Like, you have to kind of, like they talk about, back to the drug analogy again, you, you don't do anything about it until you hit rock bottom. So I think for us, we were at that rock bottom mm-hmm. when it came to that. And we said, okay, we're done. It's not a, I'm going to try. Yeah. It's not, I'm going to try this for a month. I'm going to try this for a week. I'm going to eat good until my birthday. It's, you just have to be ready to be done completely. And commit. Yeah. And, and then once, once you do that and you almost like fall on the sword, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, you give, give yourself into that. Then you recognize all those excuses when they come to your brain and you recognize the reasons why not as being, pussy you know like and then you, you you stand up against it and you walk into the fire instead of you know running away from it all the time and once you've made that decision and if you're not at that place you know then it's going to be a roller coaster it's going to be rough you've got you've got to stand in the into the wind and and go and that's the one thing that i can't do for somebody mm-hmm. i can tell you what you can eat and what you can't eat but i can't motivate you and i can't get you to want to make a change for yourself and for your family um you know, you, you have to be ready on your own or figure out where does that motivation come from, from yourself. And then uh, when you guys did have bad eating habits, did the, the kids kind of have the same habits as well? You know, it's funny for the first several years, they ate so clean. I did like made their own baby food. We never did rice cereal. I nursed. I was so clean. They never got sugar. They didn't have salt until they were one. Like I followed all the organic baby feeding ways. Mm. And then the kids would go to bed at night and we would order an extra large pizza and wings and ice cream. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, So we, we definitely kept them more on track. I didn't know we didn't know certain things, I guess. So they were eating like some toast and bread, things that they don't eat now. Um, and then I think that year that Chris was sick and recovering, we went through as a family, a lot more fast food, convenience meals, box mac and cheese. That was when all the <clears throat> organic make your own food went out the window. And um, we kind of brought in like, just we have to survive at this point and all the convenience um, and then it took us a little bit of time once we were on track before we started switching their diet again. Yeah, that's but actually I, what I was going to ask next was like, yeah. was there a time period where you had to kind of get them back on track? And like, did, do you have any tips for parents? Because we hear that a lot. You know, it's like, oh, I, I want to eat good. And it's like, so, and Seema tells them like, okay, get all the crap out of the house. Well, I would, but you know, the kids love Pop-Tarts and you know, they eat cereal before they go to school every single day. So, um, 
Do you have any advice for parents that do want to clean everything up and get the kids kind of to follow a, whether it be a similar diet as the, as they're following or at least just clean it up? Yeah, I think, I mean, just knowing that of what our kids, even our kids are not going to want to eat protein and eggs if they have just had carbs and junk two hours before that. So no kid is going to sit down and want to eat chicken or steak for dinner if they just had goldfish two hours before. So kids will refuse to eat. Even our son now will completely refuse to eat anything um, of just straight protein if he's been given a snack. Um, So the first thing we do is just cut out the snacks for the kids. Like they're going to be fine without it. And if they're hungry, they will eat and they will eat. We, we try to make it about what they like. I'm not going to force them to eat something that they don't like just because I don't want that done to me. Um, so when we're throwing food on the grill and we're having a big grill, it's like, okay, do you want a burger patty? Do you want a sausage? Do you want a plain hot dog? Do you want chicken? Like they get to pick their protein um, and then pick something else after that. If you're just starting, I would say try to make small swaps, swap out the Cheez-Its for some grain-free crackers, swap out the, um, mm-hmm. you know, swap out, like put in a, we, we take a grain-free tortilla sometimes and wrap it around a burger patty so that the kids think that they get a bun, right? So making small swaps at first, but start with something that they like and build on it for a while. The only thing our son would eat was like an all beef hot dog plain. And he called that a sausage and then he builds on it and now he'll eat burger patties and now he'll eat steak sometimes. And you kind of have to just start from there. If they're dipping everything in a sugar-free ketchup for a while, like that's fine. Mm -hmm. Let them build on that. And then over time you can continue to keep offering things. Um, Yeah. Again, back to that decision, you're their parent. And you need to make the decision and they're not going to start. You're going to put food in front of them. Mm-hmm. They're going to be okay. Yeah. And once they eat it, they'll feel good and they'll keep eating it. And they'll get used to it. So the good thing about your, your kids is you can make that choice where we can, we can mess up and go buy ice cream. You know, the kid can't. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it'll be a rough day or two or a couple of days maybe. And there'll be some adjustments, but you can get through that. Yeah. And then uh, they'll be much better off for it. Also, I think it was important for us, we're not so dogmatic and crazy about it that we don't know that there's going to be birthday parties at school and there's going to be all these different things. And we don't keep them home. We let them do that. And they get their cupcake when they go to the birthday party and whatnot and enjoy that. We just Whenever they're here, whenever we're putting the food in front of them, it's going to be no sugar, no grains, you know. That, that's funny because that was actually my, uh, my next question because um, – so we do our absolute best. We 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 will meal prep with our daughter, and we'll like get her, you know, all the food that she needs for the day. Um, but we get her every other week. So on our off weeks, we can tell she's not she's not eating what she needs to eat. And this is an off week. And yesterday, she actually had a uh, like their their school Christmas feast, right? And then uh, she comes home, and she's just she looks she's out of it. Her stomach's hurting, and it's like, well, well, babe, what did you eat? She's like, oh, well, I had mac and cheese. Like, okay, what else did you have? Like, oh, I had cookies. Okay, what else did you have? I had chips. And I'm like, babe, at what point did you have any protein? And she's she's she understands enough to <clears throat> to know that like like what the difference is. <clears throat> and she's like, I haven't had anything. I'm like, well, that's why your stomach's hurting right now because you ate so different than what you're normally used to. Um, do you guys also like meal prep with them or like send them to school with like packed lunches that are you know, healthier choices than what a normal kid would do or would, yeah, we would definitely, get. I mean, 
our daughter takes bacon and cheese and <laughs> cold zucchini for her lunch at school or um, a lot of we send all their lunches and then I send the snack in the afternoons for them. But we try to just teach them more concepts about protein makes you strong and too much sugar makes us sick. You know, they're three and five. So we're not trying to talk about fat and macros and, you know, what you look like. And that's hard because we talk about weight a lot. And so how do we talk about that with the kids without making them, you know, everybody thinks that if you re- in some way restrict sugar with your kids, you're going to give them some sort of complex in later in life, which is so ridiculous. Um, but our three-year-old right now, we say, okay, what protein do you want for, for dinner? And he'll he knows I want a plain burger patty or he'll pick out. I want a sausage. And so they know that they need protein to be strong and that mommy and daddy used to eat too much sugar. And that's what made us sick before. If we do have a birthday party, we're going to, we talk about, Hey guys, we're going to eat extra eggs today. And we're going to eat extra egg, you know, protein for lunch because you guys have that birthday party later and you're going to be getting some sugar. So no fruit with lunch because that's sugar and you're going to have some sugar later. So we want extra protein early in the day before you go have some sugar later. That's amazing. And I, so I, I know you guys got to run in about 10 minutes now. Um, do you guys get like any flack from like other parents with con- not controlling, but like, you know, kind of you're, you're doing something different than what most parents are doing. So I'm just curious, like if you guys have ever gotten stuff from people and what kind of ammo can you give me? Because I've gotten some shit for that stuff before. I'm like, oh, just let them be kids. It's like, well, I mean, I, I want them to live a long time and healthy. So, but yeah, I was curious. We, I get a lot of the same guilt that I was talking about earlier. You know, we went to a play date and the, the kid said something later about like wanted a popsicle. And she was like, I told you, don't talk about sugar. Like she felt <laughs> guilty because she knew she fed her kids stuff that, my kids don't get to have. And so that was still like, she was a little, was an affront on her in some ways. Um, I think that I, we still, I I wish I was more strict when we went places to birthday parties and just said no. And that's something that we haven't done as much. And I, I wish I was, that's, we're kind of getting more confident. The older our daughter gets to, she's almost six. She's making those choices for herself. She said, Hey, we have this Christmas party or, at, when we go to you know school, they're doing snacks. She's the one who wants to bring her own snack now instead of having sugar snacks. So it helps when she can speak up for herself. Um, but definitely people are... We don't talk about it either. So most people don't know. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. And in that case, they kind of know us and know our journey. And then they, they don't really judge at that point. I, I mean, it sounds silly too, but it's like we don't have a lot of family now. It's just mm. us. And so we don't have you know, a lot of grandparents and family events where the kids are, people are getting into that. My mom also has switched and she is super strict carnivore. She's lost 70 pounds, reversed her diabetes. She's 62 and she's incredible. She's amazing. And she's saving her own life by eating this way. It was a big realization for her as a grandma to realize that I can do things with my grandkids. That's not about food and that I don't need to buy them candy every time I come see them and I can read books with them and we don't have to bake cookies for me to be a good grandma. Mm. So she visits us, you know, quite a bit. And that has been, I know it's hard because the grandparents are usually the ones that are like pushing the treats on the kids. Um, I've been sharing with my kids since the time they were really little that, you know, just poor eating habits make you fat. Like I just flat out have been telling them that since they were kids, they're both uh, teenagers now. So I don't, 
you know, I don't talk to them that way anymore. They, they can make their own decisions. And, um, but my son, you know, he'll have a Coke every once in a while when we go out to eat, but half the time he'll get a Coke, half the time he'll get a diet Coke, half the time he'll get water. You know, he, he mixes it up here and there and he kind of knows like, if I'm going to eat ice cream, he's not going to have the sugar. So he just is conscious. He's not necessarily self-conscious. Like, I don't want that to make me fat. He just is aware. He has all the tools he needs. And then, you know, what he decides in his life uh, is up to is up to him. And same thing with my daughter. So it just for parents that are paying paying attention to this. I think it's um, it's it's totally fine. I don't, I don't think the word fat has to be uh, right. such a bad word. I think that. Uh, we can all agree that it that it's uh, it would be best if you didn't get too fat as you got older, and um, it can limit it can limit a lot of the things that you're going for. It can limit the person that you end up with. Um, I say this quite a bit too. It's like um, if you if you made a decision like some of the decisions you guys made, it sounds completely crazy and sounds totally irrational to a lot of people. It doesn't sound irrational when you put context to it and say. Hey, what if this would change the rest of your life? <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Well, maybe, you know, at least steps towards that and at least maybe getting halfway to where you guys got to, uh, would, would make some sense for some other, some other people. Um, what do you guys eat exactly? We'll kind of wrap this thing up with, uh, with that. Cause we didn't really talk about that much, but I, I know you guys pretty much just eat meat, but, uh, is there anything else in there? Well, I eat about two pounds of beef a day. Um, Maybe once every couple of weeks, I'll have some chicken, maybe some ground beef, but usually whatever steaks on sale and uh, occasionally some cheese and I put salt on it and that's it. I am kind of the same way. I try to stick with two pounds of beef a day as well. Um, burger patties if I'm out and mostly ribeyes. I like to eat what's on sale, but sometimes I just <laughs> treat myself and just mostly <laughs> eat ribeyes. Um, I don't want to eat any. I'm a New York strip guy. Yeah, I'm not going to eat any of those dumb dried New York strips that are on sale. I would rather get Costco rice. Um, I when I travel, I eat some eggs or some bacon just because eating out, I can't afford to buy two ribeyes when I go out places, and so I eat some eggs and um, I might, you know, eat some chicken or actually I don't even know the last time I ate chicken, but. Uh, I'll get some eggs or bacon or something like that just because it's cheaper when you're eating out a lot more burger patties. But if I had my way, I would have a plate with two fresh grilled ribeyes on it once a day and that's it. And you guys and, eat once a day? Mm-hmm. And then any any uh, different kinds of drinks or anything or is it always uh, water? Just water. We both went through kind of like Diet Coke uh, addictions on and off. We'd go off of it for a while, come back on again. Kind of this, is it really helping us or is it really causing us to have more cravings? Um, it definitely was a part of our weight loss journey. And that's, I'm not thrilled about that. And I'm, I'm happier without it. Um, but it's, you know, that's where we were at. It kind of in some ways helped me not eat sometimes because it's maybe I was kidding myself, right? It helped me satisfy that sweet craving, but maybe it was causing it in the first place. So I certainly wouldn't suggest that to anybody. You guys are amazing. Uh, thank you both so much uh, for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I was glad that I found you guys on uh, Instagram and uh, you're a huge inspiration to a lot of people that are going to hopefully 
uh, join all of us for World Carnivore Month, which is starting up in just a couple days, you know, so hopefully uh, not even on January 1st, hopefully people that, you know, on the day after Christmas, they could uh, kick off some uh, World Carnivore Month. Thank you guys so much for your uh, time. Is there um, anywhere you guys want to direct people, you want people to follow along with uh, some of your journey? Um, our, both our Instagrams, I'm a little more active. Chris is the smart one, like we said, but I'm usually the more vocal one, which, uh, works. So Instagram <laughs> especially, uh, and I also have a YouTube channel. If you just look up my name, Laura Spath on YouTube, I do talk with my mom on there. Um, I've talked with Chris. We talk a lot more just about like our day-to-day life and it, it has kind of like a timeline of how we lost the weight. Um, so that would be the best place to hear more about us. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Have Thank a great you. rest Thank of your day. Thank you guys so much. Yes. Take Thank care. You. Bye. Yo. Damn. Those two were awesome. That was great. There's like so many people that come to mind right now, like so many couples with kids that I'm just, once this is out, I'm just going to forward this to them because it's always the kids. Like I know, if, I know like five couples right now that come to mind that have told me, uh, but my daughter, but my son, but, and it's just, Yo, they're, <laughs> right. they're the answer right there. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, I feel strongly that a podcast like this should go like viral because of, you know, these, you know, we're like I said earlier today, like we're on the other side of it. And then people are just like, oh, well, these guys, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. I'm on steroids and Seema's got genetics. Right. And, <laughs> and so there's nothing. We don't have anything to say. Right. Uh, but these are people that um, they, they have a budget they need to adhere to. Uh, they don't have time to go play powerlifter or bodybuilder all day long. Um, they have they have children and they have worked this into their lives, and it's it's not something that costs any extra money, and it's not something that takes any more time. It actually probably is saving tremendous amounts of time because of you know you heard them basically say they eat once a day. Um, it, eating once a day can be very difficult, but if you can get yourself to that point, I, I think it's great. Eating once or twice a day, I, th- I think, is the answer for a lot of people, and I think that it would uh, it could help millions and millions of Americans. But what they were saying, um, Chris, I mean, he really dug himself out of a hole. He was on a lot of medications, which I'm sure that's expensive, time-consuming, going to the doctor. He's not attached to any of that anymore. He doesn't have to do any of that. He doesn't go through that process anymore. Um, they talked about how they, uh, you know, were responsible with uh, gathering coupons and things like that, and going to a local grocery store to get to get their meat. Their, you know, uh, in a way that's uh, more economical. Mm-hmm. And I just think there's um, there's so much to learn there. And if you you know rewind that podcast, listen back to it, um, I can't even really think of one. There was not one nugget in there that you couldn't follow. No one really talked anything about a ketone. Um, we didn't, we didn't talk about, you know, fat, you know, fats turning into ketones. We mentioned the word macros, which shouldn't scare anybody too much at this point. We talked about protein, fat and carbs, but Mm -hmm. it was so general. It was so much of like, this is just the lifestyle that we've, uh, taken on and we together have lost 250 pounds. Just, uh, remarkable. Yeah. Amazing. The meal frequency aspect is so gigantic because like I think that's the first time I really thought about like 
in general, most people are eating, what, four to five times a day? Let's just say four times. So they're having 28 different meal sessions a week. Mm-hmm. Let's add on some snacks. Let's say they have 10 snacks in the week. So 38 different instances of eating food a week. Mm-hmm. And what they literally just said is in the deepest part of their diet, they would eat five times a week. And now they're just eating seven times a week. Yeah. That's, there we go. Yeah, and I, I think they're being pretty generous in saying that it's only like 38 or oh, 40. Yeah. Like, I mean, Oof. It's people are eating nonstop because mm-hmm. they can't get through the day without a snack. Yeah, we uh, is what what I thought was amazing. There was actually kind of maybe there was a couple things, but there was two things that really stuck out. And I wrote it down. She said we regulate how much we eat with how often we eat. Like that's <laughs> just holy crap, right? Like that's exactly what you're saying. That's exactly your your point. And I think people that don't want to be ruled by food anymore could, could, uh, I mean, simp, just very simply, like, let's forget about ketosis and these different things going on in your body and forget about trying to complicate it and weighing stuff. If you could commit to eating, I would even say twice a day, if you can commit to eating twice a day, um, I think you can kind of kiss a lot of your body fat goodbye. Yep. Uh, and I, I don't even, I don't even really know if you need rules. I, I think the rules will, will, I think they'll handle themselves if you're just being responsible and you're being conscious of the fact that you need to have protein mm-hmm. and you're trying to get about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, I think that would lead you to the right thing. And the other thing she said, um, <clears throat> which I thought was awesome too, was once you have somebody have a snack, they no longer desire the the more valuable food that you're going to serve at dinner. So a kid, and she said two hours prior, which I thought that that was that's an interesting selection of time, but um, that's literally what people that have kids and it's four thirty. That's what happens. Your kid comes through and they're like, "Hey!" Like you haven't seen them all day because they're like in their room on their phone or doing whatever, right? Um, people don't see their kids as much because they're just you know your kids are off doing their own thing. They don't want to hang around mom and dad all day, and then they come. They only you know go to you when they need food, and so they come rummaging into the kitchen and they want to go through the pantry and there it is it's 4 30 and they eat you know not they don't a lot of times children even older children it's not like they're dumb or anything but they just people in general are not good at regulating how much food they consume and a child is going to take the thing a goldfish and just dump it (laughs) into a huge bowl you know they could easily grab like a mug or something and have a much smaller portion size but that's not the way we work we just turn the thing upside down basically <laughs> and if it overflows that's you know that's just fine and then they go out back into their room and they they eat on that and then there it is it's uh, now six thirty, and mom and dad cooked a great meal and the kid's just like totally not interested and i've talked about that before you know going to your favorite restaurant going to the nicest place in town and uh, you get their highest priced meat. And uh, if you went to that restaurant with a big old bag of Doritos mm-hmm. and you ate a bunch of the Doritos beforehand, the steak would literally taste like nothing. Yep. And so I think that people are they're flipping their taste buds inside out. Um, you've heard like grandmas say this before, like, don't spoil your dinner. Right. <laughs> well, maybe that's actually like a like re- maybe that's actually really great advice. <laughs> Because when you have that snack, even if it is about two hours beforehand, it's probably still going to uh, lead you to not want to eat 
uh, the protein that you're putting in front of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, uh, the, like all the stuff they're saying about the convenience and affordability of actually eating this way. Mm-hmm. Cause you're right. They're eating seven times a week. It's like, that's that. look at the numbers. That's going to be cheaper than, you know, the 40 that we like did a rough estimate on and her just straight up admitting like, yeah, I'd spent more on ice cream than I do on steak. Yeah. Like that's going to be eye opening to a lot of people. Cause we get that. I mean, I know you yeah. get that question all yeah. the time, Mark, or that complaint, I should say. Like, I would eat better, but it's too expensive. I got so much going on. It's like, no, man. Like, look at our boy Justin. You know, he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke at the, uh, the 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 carnivore meetup that we had here at Super Training. He's like, yeah, I did what I had to do. We got a family. They got to eat, and we just would go to like you know Winco out here. That's a you know it's a really affordable uh, grocery store, and they made it work. It's like. Get, I love this this podcast because they took everyone's excuse and said like, no, this is what we did. It's like, right. but 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 yeah, this is what we did. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Um, I I do wonder how much people spend on food, you know, on a on a daily basis that they're not even really calculating. You know, if you're someone that's on a carnivore diet, you're going to eat meat, so you're going to cook up some like burgers. But then if you are a regular person. Um, that's not on a carnivore diet. You might buy meat from the grocery store, but then you're also buying uh, buns mm-hmm. and you're also probably buying other things to put on there, ketchup, mustard, those things. Yeah. And when you're on a carnivorous diet, you really don't really mess with any of that. So I think that it's easy for people to say, oh, well, like, you know, you can go get three patties from McDonald's and it's, you know, uh, six bucks or something like that or nine bucks, whatever the hell it costs. And they can, you know, point to the fillet that you posted about and say that that fillet is sixty bucks or whatever, right? And they can uh, compare that, but that's not really what we're trying to compare. We're trying to compare uh, a different lifestyle, you know. So if you, I, I kind of almost wonder, you know, I, I'm doing uh, the World Carnivore Month um, all through January on my YouTube channel. I'm going to document every day. Uh, I'm going to get some blood work done and show people just kind of the whole thing. But I wonder. I wonder if there'd be some room in there to like spend a reasonable amount of money, you know, have a certain amount of money uh, uh, associated with every day, you know, like, but I don't know what the average person spends, you know, I don't know if it's 10 bucks or if it's 20 bucks or, or I don't know, I don't know what it looks like, but I think whatever the number is, I think that uh, people have irrational thought toward how much money they actually spend every day. Um, you roll through a Starbucks and you're already, you know, you're already at like four or five bucks. A lot of times people that aren't on a nutrition plan, they buy, I mean, Starbucks's average uh, customer is more like in the 12 or $13 range. They get the breakfast. That means you're that buying stuff. something more than just a coffee probably, yeah. right? Um, and, and so it would be an interesting thing to uh, to figure out. I'll, maybe maybe it's something I'll I'll put to it because then it will... Uh, keep me from it will kind of make me eat less often so mm-hmm. maybe i'll give it a shot but these guys eating five times a week sounds like they might spend uh like maybe eight or ten bucks per meal or something like that yeah which that doesn't sound like uh all that much money at the end of the week <clears throat> anyway mm-hmm. um i i do hope people that are listening to this that uh i hope that you guys are you're going to hear me promoting the hell out of it World Carnivore Month is January. This will be uh, year number three for me. Um, 
the first year was the hardest. That was the most difficult. I I went uh, 14 days as full carnivore as I could, and then it kind of made me a little crazy um, just because I was probably fasting too much. And then through the second half of it, I ate more and I, I felt fine. Um, I kind of went off the diet once or twice during that period. And then last year, um, I was able to adhere to it really well, yeah. and that felt great. And uh, this year, I'm going to try to do the same thing. So it's just basically just eating meat, and uh, you know, you got you got steaks and hamburgers and chicken and any sort of meat that you want, whether it's game meat or any of that kind of stuff would be <clears throat> would be okay. And then like some butter, bone broth, and uh, probably some cheese, just because that makes eating at like in and out a little easier and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that'll that'll pretty much be it. Their whole uh, I know we're about to finish, but the the what you just said there in terms of like the first year is difficult, the second year is a little bit easier. I'm anticipating probably the thirty days this year for you is going to be a breeze. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about their progression through that losing all of that weight, yeah. and that was the thing. Like they lost weight before, and it wasn't super smooth. It's not like they had everything on track, but they just kept making little adaptations. They just kept making little adjustments, and now it's just their life. You know? Yeah, they mentioned having the diet sodas in there and a couple of things like that were in there and they just eventually pulled it all away. But it took time. Yep. Took a long ass time. How's Shredder getting going, bud? It's 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 the getting is good. Good. It's going really well. Um I've been sending in SEMA, whether it be a uh, like a bathroom selfie with uh, my weight. Oh yeah. I, I know, see that right? dick root. <laughs> so it, it's going really well. Um I yeah, I, I can't thank you guys enough for all the help but um i'll I'll do my my absolute best uh we have a photo shoot scheduled for monday we have to figure out exact times but um i'm actually i'm pretty nervous about that too like i'm never in front of the camera when it comes to photos so we'll see how that goes Uh, i'm 22 pounds down and i remember i think it was like after the second or third week I had told Mark, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm pretty pumped. Like I already lost 12 pounds. And, you know, he was like real supportive. He's like, dude, that's, that's sick. Like you're doing so good. It's going to take about 22 or 24 pounds though. Mm. And I was like, whoa. And he's like, that sounds crazy. I know, but like, it's possible. I'm like, what? Like 24 (laughs) pounds does sound pretty crazy. I'm like, but going from 190 something to Mm -hmm. 160 something like that sounds crazy. Mm. Um, obviously if I had a different goal or if, uh, we had set different, you know, uh, time parameters on it, we would do it a little bit different, but you know, we're, we're, we're going, we're going pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy with this one. And it, it's been fun, man. I'm fasting every day. That's gotten, you know, what you're saying about like it building discipline. It absolutely has, uh, tracking everything. I know you, you don't want, or you don't really promote tracking and stuff, but man it's been such a huge help for me like i've tracked in the past but it's been like kind of like meh like okay that's that's pretty good for the day and now tracking literally everything because i'm like shit i I can't go over on my cars because we're almost there i can't go over on my fat but i need to get that fat in and yeah i was i wasn't eating enough fat and now that i am like i feel so much better um step mill this morning was pretty crazy i went pretty pretty uh pretty nuts on it but you know i'm i'm amped up man i'm 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 getting there tracking just gives you more accuracy Mm -hmm. you know and it 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 allows you to um have information each day on like on what it is that you're eating and then it also makes it a lot easier for a coach to interact with you 
and say, oh, man, like you're looking a little flatter than I thought. I thought this amount of carbs would be enough. And then, then he could say, okay, well, let's, we need to add some back in. So it, it, it leaves you a, a paper trail, mm-hmm. and then it allows the coach to go in. Otherwise, you know, a coach would be like, that's weird. I don't know why you're looking that way. You should be like, and then they'll say, well, what did you eat? And you're like, well, I don't really remember. Mm, and it's yeah. like, well, now we don't have any, yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough information to really, you know, trigger you to go one way or the other. Yeah. And we talk about how important sleep is on this podcast so much. And I know how important it is. Like, I know that taking a picture every single day and seeing how little sleep I got and what that does to my body. Like I can see it yesterday. I didn't get sleep. I looked you know, I looked okay. Like progress is still happening, but like it was fine. Got really good sleep. Oh my gosh. Like I look total. like it looks like it was like a couple, couple weeks and it was just 24 hours. Mm, yeah. And so understanding that aspect also, and that's something that I wouldn't be able to see unless I did shred this much. So that's been another eye open. It's like, I, again, I knew how important it was. Now I'm just like, Oh, it, it's more important than I even thought. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it, it, it is crazy. When you see those pictures back to back, like you can tell, like it, it looks like you were five pounds heavier, even yeah. though you were close to the same weight. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, man. Awesome. Having those guys on the show today. That was super cool. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Where can people find Andrew? Uh, at I am Andrew Z on Instagram. And I have actually some more, some more places where you guys can find the, uh, the, the podcast. So I don't know. Can we get an air horn ready? so we're on twitter now at mb power project and linkedin i've been listening to gary v talk about linkedin way too much for us not to be on there Mm -hmm. uh so that's linkedin.com slash in slash power project that's where we're gonna have a lot of fun and i mean who knows the the possibilities are endless we should be on tiktok and we will eventually be on tiktok once i figure out how to do that shit (laughs) But Andrew, you didn't care about the, all the extra fees and stuff to be on LinkedIn. You just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're it. gonna we're gonna take over the whole podcast universe, and uh, no expense. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Money's no object when it comes to this right now. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Going straight to the top. Yep. And Seema, where you at, dude? At Seema Eang on Instagram and YouTube. Attaboy. Sick shirt, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, same to you. Hmm. I think oh. it's me. That, that's me. That's throwing the meat. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? <laughs> it's actually you. But my girlfriend, I was wearing it. She's like. Oh, is that you? I'm like, no. I mean, I'm bald, but that's not me. That's Mark. <laughs> Your shoulders are wider. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd have to make make the uh, emoji guy there a little bit more jacked. A little bit darker, too. Oh, that's God. true. Yeah, give him a little bit of sun. Yeah. Mark, how's the uh, new YouTube channel going? It's going great, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting a lot of good uh, a lot of good feedback. Um, you know, I, I did a video the other day talking about my bro and uh, his death and stuff like that. And there was just crazy responses on there. People, I I don't expect people to like air out their, you know, grievances and stuff, but that's really what people did on there. It was pretty, um, pretty wild to to see, but you know, hopefully that, that helps. And then hopefully, um, you know, some of the other stuff I'm pumping out, talking a lot about keto, a lot about uh, intermittent fasting and really just a lot of the stuff that I'm passionate about and excited about is really just what this podcast today was all about. It's all the stuff that I'm, I'm trying to help people figure it out. You know, I'm trying to come up with a formula, um, that can help fight obesity. Basically. I think there's, there's one out there, you know, but it, it's hard, you know, am I going to be able to get every single person that I come in contact with to do it? I don't know, but I'm going to try. 
you yeah. know i'm gonna i'm gonna really try because i do think um that there's some there's some simple things people can implement into their lives to help make a lot of uh progress and i know that by making that progress that they'll feel better mm-hmm. and that uh a lot of their not just feel better necessarily like from a health perspective but they'll just feel better about themselves because they'll feel more accomplished and i think that can you know, cause a cascade of, of things to happen in their life that they just feel better about in general, whether it's their relationships or work, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, having a new podcast, having a new YouTube channel has been cool. That's cool, man. So if anybody maybe got this, this podcast sent to them, um, just one way to thank us if you found any value is just subscribe to this podcast. We do this stuff all the time. Uh, the, essentially, this is like the mothership. A lot of the stuff that we do on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, it starts here. So if you want to get a leg up on literally everybody else, just hit a subscribe, give us a rating on iTunes. We sincerely appreciate that. And we appreciate all of you for listening. At Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch y'all later. <laughs>